Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle and this is our book club episode. We have been reading The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama. Uh, we gave her first book, Becoming, a rave review a couple of years ago, as far as I remember. And I'll start, as I always do, by reading the blurb. It says it's a powerful, insightful follow up to the critically acclaimed multi-million number one best-selling memoir, Becoming. And in her inspiring follow up, the former First Lady Michelle Obama shares practical wisdom and powerful strategies for staying hopeful and balanced in today's highly uncertain world. So that's the blurb of The Light We Carry. And joining me today are Neve Towie and Bernice Harrison. Unfortunately, my mum, Anne Ingle, is laid low at the moment. But trooper that she is, she sent us a little voice note, a mini review to kick off proceedings. I haven't read all the book, myself. I've not been very well, but um, I'm not through it yet. But it's taken me a while. I absolutely think she's a great woman. On the whole, I found this one a bit too preachy, you know, for me. Maybe it's at my age, 83, going on 94. I think I know a lot of what she's talking about, so it could be more that it's a book aimed at younger women. I also found it a little bit repetitive, and I felt I knew a lot of her, about her background from the first book, Becoming, which, which I absolutely loved. But I do have a great admiration for her always, and it, it was a, a, an honour to read it, really. But she just kept telling me things I already knew. But apart from that, it was grand. Thank you very much for that, Anne Ingle. And now, Bernice, what did you think of The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama? Well, I think we must be massive Michelle Obama fans because I don't think in our book club we've ever read a book, two books by the same author, you know. So we're obviously drawn to it. Well, look, um, of course I loved it. You know, in a sense, why wouldn't you? Um, But maybe that does depend on whether you're a Michelle Obama fan or not. I am. So, you know, I was, I went to it, you know, fully prepared to love it. And then no surprise that I did. It's, now what is it? It's... It's a memoir because she gives huge insight into her life. Uh, she goes back over quite a bit of ground, actually, in some ways that she 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 delved into in in becoming, you know, about growing up in Chicago and and getting married and all that. So so lar- huge insights into her personal life, and and that's sort of in memoirs. She's got a brilliant way of writing. Uh, that's all memoir style. But there is also I don't know is self help the right way Instru- is instructional the better way that you read how she approaches things and she explains how she approaches, for example, mothering her children or, of course, her relationship with Barack Obama. And of course, we're all prurently interested in that. But, you know, so she explains elements of that and you, you get your takeaways from that. I think that's the idea. Um, and she says, I think that she wrote this book, that, you know, the the impetus in a sense to write this book was that after becoming... 
many people came to her looking for advice. So she sort of became this sort of, by default, really, this sort of, not an agony aunt, but a sort of a wise woman who, um, and uh, what she's doing in this book a lot of the time, I think chapter after chapter, is that she's saying, look, I'm just figuring it out myself. I'm just getting through it. The world is in a state of flux. I'm in a state of flux. Relationships are always in a state of flux. So we all just have to try to get through them as best we can. Um, and so it's it, her her sort of wisdom, if you like, it's all about, you know, not being hard on yourself. That's a big thing in her, actually, you know, sort of accepting uh, that she has this expression um, and it's not. The book, by the way, isn't full of American annoying, cloying expressions, actually. Um, so she has this expression, starting kind, like just be kind to yourself. Just, you know, when you get up in the morning, don't sort of think of all the bad things that you you have did yesterday and uh, and so on. All those things that weigh in our minds. Um, she says, no, start kind. Um, so I suppose she's she's all about developing strategies Um that you'll be more comfortable in the world, you'll be less paralysed by doubt, less paralysed by the structures that might that might be around you to force you to live a certain way. Don't be paralysed by that. Try to find your way through. She, it's not naive. It's not this Pollyanna book. She accepts that there's institutional racism, there's institutional classism in America. Um, and of course, you see, the thing that, I, and by the way, I read this book, I, I suppose I read this book in January. So it's kind of a January-ish sort of book in a sense. Um, and I didn't read it in consecutive chapters because it's not set out like that. You can dip in. So I read the chapter on uh, parenting. Her, the, She brought her mother into the White House to live there for the eight years they were there. Kicking and screaming. Her mother didn't want to go at all. <laughs> um and, you know, so and then I went back and I read about her, you know, getting together with Barack Obama, then back to the the fallout from the attack on the Capitol. So there's there's obviously politics in this book as well. So you don't have to read it consecutively. You can dip in and out. Her writing is extraordinary. And I suppose ultimately I came away thinking, how on earth does she do it? How does she pull it off that this 58-year-old um, black woman, mother to, uh, and I'm doing it sort of nearly in reverse order of importance. You know, this woman who made it out of a fairly humble background to go to a, an Ivy League university law firm, all the bestseller, becoming uh, sold 17 million copies worldwide. So becoming this bestseller. How does she make herself relatable? So why did I not read this book think, oh, my God, my life has nothing to do. I get, There's no point of connection in this that I could possibly have with this extraordinary woman. And yet I did. Mm. And that's her power. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That That's exactly what I felt like. I kept marveling at the fact that I could feel like I understood her, that she understood me, that somehow we had threads of things in common. And, and yet, if you look at our lives, it's so completely different. But you're right, that is her power. It's a kind of universality that she has. It's like, I'm not, I wouldn't want to say she's every woman, but she certainly has that empathic quality. She can see all sides. I mean, she's really great on friendship as well, I think, um, and on parenting, like you mentioned. But I, I just found there was so much to, yeah, it's hard to know if it's self-help or instructional or whatever, but there's a lot to to take in from it and to learn and to take forward into your own life. Neve, did you feel um, 
similarly or differently to, to what we've said? Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with what you've said, um, although I do think it is a self-help book. Um, I felt very much like you ha- had to be in a right place to read it. <laughs> I wasn't really there, so I'm reading it through, um, assessing it through those eyes. Um, it's very much, it's a, it's a, it's her guide to how to charter uncertain times. So she calls it her personal toolbox of life advice on how to be kind to yourself, how to create your own place in the world, how to traverse that feeling of not belonging. And she goes through the importance of creating long lasting friendships and how to navigate relationships and um, knowing when to make new ones. Um, so I, I loved the start of the book. She starts off, um, in what is kind of the scariest phase of the pandemic. It's just at the very start. Her world is closing in around her and she's makes no bones of the fact that she likes having lists. She likes ticking boxes. She likes having organised fun. Uh, that's how she gets through the world. Um, and of course, that's all just been set alight now because everything, you can't even go to the grocery store Um uh, you know, it, it, that 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 was our, our reality at the start of this book. Uh, meanwhile, Trump is desecrating her husband's life work in the uh, White House. And she has this feeling of despair that it, it looks like hate and not hope will win out. And whenever I felt like whenever she wrote about those periods of challenge, it was always raw. It was often painful. And you never felt like she was being anything but honest. And I, those were the real... That was the light in this book for me, was her ability to write about those periods um, really honestly, to share her pain um, and, and and to talk about what she learned out of that fear. Uh, she, she spoke about how she um, scans every bad situation or conflict for her own mistakes. You very much felt like she's, she's really grounded. That's, why I think, why we love her so much. Um, but I did feel in this book that her insistence on offering a solution to every problem at the end... Uh, She'd always come full circle by the end of the chapter and I found that a little bit off-putting. Um, it was just a little bit too neatly packaged for me. Um, and I also thought, having read her first book, I thought it covered a lot of the same ground. It covered, um, you know, her childhood in Chicago, her forging her career as a young woman um, in law, uh, spoke about her parents and her marriage. Um, and that was a very personal book. And that was the first time we were hearing a lot of that from her. And I think that's why it resonated with us a lot. But here she's often going back over the same territory, but kind of neatly packaging it um, in, you know, what learnings you can take. It's kind of breaking it down for us into, well, here's how I got through it and here's how you can apply the same logic. Um, and I know Bernice, you said that it doesn't have those Americanisms and those cliches, but it has, I thought it had, too many for me anyways. Um, she said things like, um, we only hurt ourselves when we hide our realness away. And if you know your light, you know yourself. And I was just rolling my eyes like at all of that. I don't think that will resonate too well with an Irish audience. We hate that kind of stuff. And um, really being honest, I felt like a lot of the time it was loving Michelle and knowing that she had a very obvious goodwill approach to every situation, that she had this really grounded approach to life and work ethic. I felt that's what saved a lot of these chapters from lurching into what could have been condescending. And I suppose I think that it is that edge of it being a self-help book that left me feeling a little bit inadequate at times because she's obviously an amazing person uh, who has achieved so much through adversity and is not is capable of not getting annoyed and th- 
throwing herself into the ditch with um, that pain, as she says. Um, so, may I just don't think I was in the right space for it, to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's a very fair comment. And I mean, some people, it wouldn't be for everyone this book, because some people would, dri- would drive them mad. I'm just thinking of... Um, the stuff, the part that I really liked was a lot of to do with her Barack Obama relationship, Bernice, because I'm a bit like you, obsessed, you know, I wonder how they, when they close hmm. the doors, so they get on with each other all the time. Yeah. But she told a great story about going to visit his home country, Hawaii, so uh, for the good. first time. And that is a brilliant chapter, I thought, because you really get to see uh, sort of her getting to know him and his actual metal as a person so they used to go walking every day to this far beach that he loved and they'd walk and walk and walk and they'd have this lovely time and then at six o'clock every day he'd say all right we have to go back to my parents to back to the high-rise flat when they were in this beautiful vista they could have had an amazing hotel with a lovely sunset view and every day they'd track back with their tail and eventually at the end of the holiday she realizes that what she was being shown, she was being shown someone who values their family, someone who will always make the effort to go and do the right thing and that kind of thing. And so there's bits in it like that that I thought were very illuminating for anyone in a relationship, actually. The clues that you pick up early on and she puts them out there. The other one was her mother, who we know is a wonderful person, Marion Shields. There was a time when she was given out about her maths teacher and given out about maths and the, t- the mother is saying to her, you know, you've got to keep working at it and and he, the, she, Michelle was saying as a kid, you know, he doesn't like me. This teacher doesn't like me. And the mother says this amazing thing. You can come home to be liked. We'll always like you here. And I just thought that you, you can tell that Michelle Obama has been brought up in that atmosphere where someone has told her all her life that you're always going to be liked when you walked in this door. You know, that love and security and support that she's now able to sort of translate and give to readers through these books, I think, is is brilliant. But um. Yes, I thought it was wonderful. But I do take your point, Neve. If you're not in the right place, the right headspace, it wouldn't be the one for you. Mm. Yeah, and I think, look, I, I, another thing that I picked up on about the relationship and the marriage thing, um, that chapter was great, of course. Yeah. But, you know, she's saying that, and I thought it was very interesting. She said marriage is never 50-50. And I thought that was fascinating. And that was a real, uh, that got, you know, I think anybody who's been married for a long time, that that got me thinking. And, you know, she's saying that she's been married for 30 years. She's 58 years old. She's been married for 30 years. And she's saying, you know, for maybe 10 years of that, it was pretty terrible <laughs> because she, you know, the marriage, he was out forging this great career. She had had to step back from her career. So I thought that was a really honest sort of thing to say. Um, and that, you know, you have to make decisions within that. And these things are just soft, sometimes how you look at it, that yeah. you could just say, oh, look, we've had five years, uh, five rubbish years, I'm out, I'm off. Yeah. Or not. She's very interesting on long-term monogamy and how that involves turning up and showing up and making a decision after decision where you say, right, I'm going to stick with this and not just assuming it's going to be great all the time. I mean, we kind of know that, but yeah, you're right. Like for for a long period of years, she was, and she was hating him for a bit of it as well. She Completely. talks about that. Um, but you, you just have to keep making that decision to turn up and stick with it. And and you think how she did that and look at her now with her own very vibrant um, career in her own right, uh, you know, where she's able to be the woman that she should be and in the world and is a global sort of figure and all of that thing. So it did come full circle for her. But uh, and if she had got out of it, there's also that really interesting bit where um, they're in a restaurant and 
there's this guy she meets who owns the restaurant and she used to date him. Do you remember that bit? And he says, can I have a word with you? So they go out back. Barack is sitting there having his dinner and she goes and talks to this guy and she comes back and Barack said, yeah, just think about it. If you had married him, you could be the owner of this lovely restaurant and you could be all living here doing this thing. And uh, Michelle says to him, no, Barack, if I'd have married him, he could be the president of the United States. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> so that was really cool, you know, but like neither. that. It really laid down how much she had to do with his political success and his ability to shine in the world, you know. Almost like whoever she ended up with would be great because she's great, you know. So, Neve, as um, someone who's approaching marriage, what was your interpretation of of her attitude to marriage? Yeah, like everything, she's so honest about the pitfalls of it. Uh, none of it's pitch perfect. I think, um, you know, I'm, I've been in a relationship for like a decade as well, so I'm very much aware of it's not 50-50 all of the time as well, you know, um, and I don't, I'm not sure. It's not necessarily all about married or not married, but uh, just long-term relationships in general, yeah, she's really strong on them. Um, and and uh, that's what's helpful about this to readers is that, she speaks about, she speaks the real truth to it. None of it's glossed over. Um, it's it all comes from a place of hardship and it's all about, not not all of it, obviously, but a lot of, she's just very honest about those aspects of her relationships. Um, what I was really moved by was how she spoke about her dad's disability as a child. Um, her father had um, MS and they watched him get kind of increasingly unsteady on his feet um, and falling in the house and picking himself back up again. And there was this really strong sentence in it where she said that they realised that his illness was a vulnerability, made their family more vulnerable um, and that they had to get past that. And there's no there's there's no glossing that up, that 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 his 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 illness, it made them more vulnerable as a household. And I just felt like she writes so honestly and there was no perfect ending to that. It was just something they had to get over and get past. And um, she, she writes so lovingly about his good humour and how he just picks himself back up again and gets on with it um, in periods like that. And so there's so many pieces like that to the book where, and that's why I think we love Michelle so much is because in moments like that, you realise actually the pain. And she speaks a lot about um racial tensions and, you know, um, the trauma that all our previous family members have been through as black people in America over generations. Um, You realise where she's come from. And so everything she's able to write about with the strengths she does, it's none of it has come easy to her. And she applies the same um, determination to her marriage, I feel. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Roisin, can I remind you of something that I bet you loved in the book? Yes. Because I know you love a Bono story. I do, I do. I love that story. (laughs) It's so good, if you remember it, Neve. She's talking about um, her mum, moving the mum into the White House and the mother is kicking and screaming. The mother was retired. She just thought, this is lovely, I'm retired. I'm going to live in my lovely little bungalow in Chicago. I don't want to move there. Anyway, she did because um, Michelle realised she needed help with the children, really. Um, but her mother immediately, when she moved to the White House, she was very clear on her own personal boundaries um, that she 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 didn't want to get involved in the, the the sort of the razzmatazz. She she was happy in herself. And she says, um, so Michelle Obama's writing, sometimes we'd host VIP guests for dinner party at the White House residence. They'd look around and ask where her mother was, wondering whether she'd be joining us for the meal. I'd usually just laugh and point up towards the third floor where she had a bedroom and like to hang out in a nearby sitting room, which had big windows that looked out on the Washington Monument. Nope, I'd say grandma's upstairs in her happy place. This essentially was code for Sorry, Bono. <laughs> Mum's got a glass of wine, some pork ribs on her TV tray and Jeopardy is on. Don't for one second think you could ever compare. It's <laughs> brilliant. I love that story. And um, you can just imagine it as well. Bono going, oh, I want to see your ma, you know. And <laughs> No, Bono, no. Sorry, she's upstairs. And, and I love that she... She didn't involve herself. And as soon as they were finished in the White House, she packed up her bags. She went straight back to their house in Chicago. And that was it. Her her work done. She just sounds like an incredible woman. And actually, I'd love to read a, a self-help book from her, from mm. Marion Shields Robinson. That would be a good one, wouldn't it? I wonder so what, what Michelle will do next, because I imagine after the success of Becoming, publishers were like, right, Michelle, write another one. We need more of this. But will she just leave it at that or will she kind of come back again? I wonder. I felt the last last chapter really verged into really serious political activism. And I'm just yeah. dying for her to do that. I don't want to read another um, <laughs> How to Be Michelle book. I want to see her uh, campaign. I, I, you just, it's funny that she said that to Obama in the restaurant, but you really do feel like she is, she's the powerhouse here, like, and she wants to create change. I don't know, is that from just being in those circles for so long? But I got a sense in that last chapter that she is genuinely so frustrated by what she's seen over the last, you know, five, six years that she wants to be the one creating change. She's frustrated with people who didn't vote. She's frustrated with people who, uh, you know, say all of these get you know get the t-shirts with the slangs on them but don't actually live out what that what that means that's very interesting so hopefully we will see her in a role mm-hmm. like that where she can be of great influence and and uh turn america in a better direction than where where it's at at the moment um but we'll we'll watch this space but i think we all liked it with with some caveats there Neve. yeah the- but actually i wonder i did love it i found every you know every bit of it interesting um and i do feel I learned a lot or maybe some things that I think anyway were affirmed maybe. Um, but, and I'm, as we've talked about before on this, in this uh, book club, 
you know, I am desperate. If I love a book, you know, people aren't safe from me pushing it into their hands and making, bullying them until they read it. I haven't recommended this book to anybody. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? But is that because you kind of think people will think, oh, no, I'm not going to read that or something? I don't know. Did you did you talk about becoming a bit more to other people? I wonder, did I? I think maybe I did because that was so new. This was this, you know. Maybe it feels the, like it's just part two of becoming and so you don't want to do that. But I don't think that necessarily means that you didn't, it didn't, fit, you know, it wasn't important to you or. Hmm. I know what you mean, though. I haven't really said it to anyone either. But uh, well, that, 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 that's ending on a funny note, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. But I would say to anybody, if they see it, pick it up and read it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So you're saying Absolutely. it now. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I really enjoyed it. But I'm just sort of curious about myself that I haven't, you know, banged on about it ad nauseum. People told me to shut up. You know, they. Yeah. I haven't done that. My excuse is that I wrote a big article about it just when it came out. So okay. I feel like I've banged on about it. <laughs> so <laughs> You've done your bit, Roshi. I'll just send people my article and go, there you go, have a read of that. Um, but no, it's interesting. I think we, it's still, we're giving it, I mean, I'll give it like eight out of ten, seven or eight. Oh, out of yeah. 10. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, you're probably more Roshi. a six or something. I'm probably more a six, probably because I preferred becoming. I felt yeah. like this covered a lot of the same ground, just made obvious uh, some of the learnings that she took from it. Yeah. Mm. Well, if you are listening uh, want to tell us uh, what you thought of us, you can email us on the women's podcast at irishtimes.com and we'll come back to you soon about our next book. But in the meantime, thank you very much to Neve Towie, Bernice Harrison. Anne Ingold is not with us, but I reckon she'll be back for the next one. So thank you all very much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks Roisin. That's all we have time for. Our next book club book is Go As A River by Shelley Reed. What a great name for an author, Read. So you can read that along with us. It's called Go As A River and it's out on February 28th. We're hearing great things about it. The podcast is produced by Suzanne Breen, Aideen Finnegan and me, Roisin Ingle, with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.